Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Joey Piper to my right, Matt Nelson running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for joining us this morning. So everything we do as outdoors requires some preparation, right? Man, if, if you go hike up that hill without hitting the gym a little bit you're you're not doing yourselves any favor if you're if you you know you we got a sight in your rifle you should hit the trap range before you go fishing you got to tie leaders you're always doing maintenance on your outboards you know your boat you got to learn how to use your electronics and stuff like that so what one aspect that you don't pay attention to is going to cost you the most well and it seems like it's the one that most guys neglect is yeah. the, is their trailer right no question about it man and so I've, I've had some fun conversations with our next guest we're, we're, we're having to do with that same issue doug miller general motors of gateway materials duckworth's trailer good morning doug how are you this morning i'm doing fantastic how you guys doing we're doing there? great man it, are you uh you're coming to us from uh clarkston washington this morning right along the snake river Yep, yep, right down, right down there by the Renaissance Marine Group factory. So, yeah, that that, that makes yeah. that's pretty handy for you guys, no question about it. And so, you, yeah. you you made a funny comment to me this week about, look, this is the hottest time of the year, right? And so your trailer heats up, and then and then what do you do to that poor boat trailer? Well, you're driving down the road and it's hundred degrees out, and then you back that right into the cold water. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's and you don't do that with any other trailer, the dump trailer, an enclosed trailer. A lot of trailers don't get that kind of abuse and. You know, that's why it takes a lot of proper maintenance just to maintain those things. You don't want to broke down on the side of the road, let's face it. Well, that's it, man. And and your your trailer is going to require maintenance. And either it's going to choose when it's going to be maintained or you are. I, I, I would argue that that's a you got to take that bull by the horn. So so how do guys approach this? Do, would, is this something you recommend guys get a regular schedule? How do they remind themselves and what should they be looking at when it comes time to look the, the direction of their trailer? Well, they just they just really need need to just basically, if they have somebody like that they can trust that they trust that they have work on their trailers that they can if they're not going to do it themselves, then just get a regular schedule and just once a year. If you have the ability to do it yourself, then uh, I would say you know you you want to make sure that you service your bearings and your axles every once a year. Really, I mean you're putting it in and out of water. Um, it's it's just. Uh, for for the vault hub guys with the Dexter axles, they're non-serviceable for five years, but I suggest doing it anyway. They say this and it's under warranty and all that stuff, but you know, uh, the the oil bath stuff, I would say definitely keep an eye on that and service that as well, just to make sure uh, over time the oil breaks down and heats up, and uh, you want to replace that grease, that oil, and what have you. So. And is that a so compare and contrast those two because we always way back when the only the only hubs that were available were, were grease. Then these then these oil bath things kind of showed up that had a little kind of um, clear front to them, so you could kind of monitor the level of them and stuff like that. What do you guys supply on your rigs, and what do you recommend? So we we run the Dexter Marine 
which is a UFP axle, and we run vault hubs on all of our discs and saltwater trailers, basically. Um, and the vault hub is a non-serviceable for five years, and it's a basically a hybrid grease that kind of it's like a gel, and then when it gets heated up, then it kind of turns to more like a liquid. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, you can keep going, you know, if something happens to it, but that's kind of the problem with the oil bath. You crack that thing, and you don't have no. That's kind of like kind of an old school guy with the grease and the grease certs with an easy lube axle. I kind of I kind of like that, but you can't really use the drum electric grease brakes in the in the salt water. So, Just use them up too bad. Doug Miller, Gateway Materials, Gateway Trailers, joining us this morning. What do you what do you mean by non serviceable for five years? Are you are you telling us that that these these hubs don't they don't you still need to look at them, but you, they're not necessarily something you need to crack open every year? No, it's, they're they're sealed and it's uh, you don't have to worry about it. And um, they warranty it for the first five years, and you can buy an additional five years within that first year of purchasing a new trailer. So it's a uh, they have a lot of confidence in it, and uh, you need, it, it does take a little take a kit, special kit to, to service it, and it's all all sealed and uh, the bolt hubs uh, seem to be working really well. So you must have a you must have a disaster story. You must have a, a, a trailer nightmare or two story under your belt. Well, it's the it's the guides that we we do. There's a lot of uh, over this area. There's a lot of guides that do a lot of. Uh, they use their boat all the time, right? They're constantly, and they're hitting the rough roads, and they're doing, you know. So they they do a lot of maintenance on their own too, you know. But uh, we had we had one that he was just pulling it out of the water, and he was going down the road. And he had a he had this is snake dancer. I don't know if you ever heard of him before, but uh, he had a big client, big group coming in the next day. He's leaving at six o'clock at night calls me well his wheel came off <laughs> i was gonna say the there's ground. gotta be a wheel that came off <laughs> wheel came off hit the ground can't find the wheel well it's got to be somewhere but he can't find the wheel so he calls me and i go up and find him an axle and we go over there and we get the thing going by oh, 11 o'clock at night so he can still still get to his whole group of people that he's got coming in and they're and it was like a three-day trip he's going to start too so it wasn't like <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's like, so now he brings those traders up. I mean, he, he's got like three different boats. And so he's bringing that, he brings those things up every six months and we just service them. Yeah. We'll just go through everything. When a, know. when a wheel comes off, um, that usually means it's all, it's all gone. The axle smoked. Yeah. You yeah. have worn a yeah. groove in that thing. I know this Doug, because I've had a wheel come off. <laughs> I, tra- I had a, I, I've been a commercial uh, fisherman for many, many years. So I trailered a boat up to five days a week, you know, when I was yeah. in my twenties and, uh, I've trained, I've changed a lot of bearings on the side of the road and, you know, it just seems like even though I would do the maintenance and I would make sure there was grease in there and, you know, I would replace the bearings. It just seemed like once I started to have issues, I had issues. And until I took it to a professional yeah, and had true. them do it, 100%. I, you know, I would just continue to have issues because I'm definitely not a professional. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen the tire thing happen. I, it's happened to me. It's come off and been like and, and rolling on the side of dude. And, and so the problem, I mean, there's so many problems with that, that, you know, 
right, you know, you let that tire go, you don't know where it's going, and and it could hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Number two, it, and so you know that's that's hazard number one. Number two is you may lose control of that trailer sure. at that point oh, too. Yeah. And, and I mean, my goodness, that is absolutely the last thing you want. And 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 Doug, guys spend so much time and so much energy on the way to their hunts, on the way to their fishing trips, and this is something that will absolutely steal the most time from them. And and still, guys just they don't they they do not pay attention. But we're coming into a pretty good time of year. To have this give some, give this some attention. We're we're coming to the end of our boating season, and and this is a great way for guys to just kind of remind themselves. Hey, look, you know, I I'm not going to be using the boat trailer for a while. Maybe they launch their boat and bring it in because if you're you're having your rig serviced, you want the you want that boat off the trailer, right? And and so the guys can get in there and work on it a little more easily. Yeah, we, it, it's it is nice to, to to work on them. We we do it both ways, um, and. It's just getting in there and getting something that you're comfortable with and you're used to, to dealing with and, and go just have it serviced and have, you know, replace the bearings because those cages get kind of stretched out over time too. And that's another thing that, you know, they try, oh, the bearings are fine. Well, the cage gets stretched out over time and eventually it fails. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a bad idea. And it's, I mean, what's a bearing kit for an axle? A bearing kit for an axle is about 90 bucks. It's pretty cheap <laughs> yeah, yeah. compared to being broke down on the side of the road. Boy, you, got, the you got that right. All right, buddy. Well, I'll probably be seeing you within a month or so. I'm going to be uh, bringing, bringing my rig over to Duckworth, and I don't take any chances with that 30-footer, man. It's, you got you to have that thing right if you're dragging it across the state. So, Doug, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate your input, and, and, and good luck. You bet. Thanks, right, man. Doug. Gateway-materials.com is the website, and then he's Doug Miller. And, you know, that's, that's great info because, I mean, the I the worst one I ever had was um, with a, with another brand of trailer, and it had those. It was like the first iteration of those oil bath. And, yeah. and, I, and I don't. Well, gee, they say you don't have to look at them for for. This was the third year I had this boat, and I'm and I'm driving up to Anacortes, and and Robbo and and our friend Jay Field are waiting for me in Anacortes, right? And so it's dark, and I five we're heading up to fish a wintertime derby, and I look out my right window and I see this glow. And sparks, yeah, right. It's like, jeez. I pull over. the The inside of the hub was glowing, just glowing red, right. And 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 it was all I could do. It so that so the nuts and the lugs are just smoking hot, right. I mean, I had had some water on board. I just kind of splashed on them and took off the tire, right. And and just got the rest. It was a double axle trailer, sure. And got that thing up to Anacortes the rest of the way. And this, so I was just outside of Mount Vernon, dark. Nobody's, you know, you just don't want that experience. Well, and and you you need to look at your trailer. And here's what we do all the time, or at least I do. I tow my boat down to the marina. I get out. I just go touch my, yep, same touch here. your axle or touch, you know, the hub. Just give them a little touch. You're going to know if something's going wrong because it's going to be warm. It's going to be right. way warmer than the other ones. And, and and this is something you need to do if, you, if you're a hunter and you get a travel trailer or you're an, you're an ATV guy and you got a utility trailer, it doesn't matter, dude. You you need to take care of those things, and you know. And then the stuff we do hauling ATVs back to Montana and stuff like that. I mean, you got to pay attention to this stuff, or it's gonna or it's gonna bite you. So, I got two sources for you. Les Schwab does trailer service, and and Les Schwab is the greatest outfit. They have and and, and all. Here's here's something else. You pointed out one time we we're on our way to CQ, and and we're just. You know, we're stopped at that Safeway there in PA, and you go, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. 
you were, it, it was on your side of the boat because we were checking the bearings. Yeah, you got a flat, dude. And so we're checking this, checking these. And then we looked at the rest of the tires. It's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Sometimes the original equipment tires you get on a trailer are not all that. So every time I get a new trailer, I take it right to Les Schwab and I go, hey, look, you can give me something for these brand new tires, but I want the biggest 12 ply, nasty, heavy load because the, the, Tires you're gonna get from Les Schwab are absolutely the best you can yes. get. And and then the other the other shop that I use regionally is is Bickford Ford. Bickford Ford and Trailer does does service. But I, I'm telling you, I, I know it's not you know it's not as much fun as, as talking about bugling and elk, and it's not as much fun as but but it's you, what's gonna allow you to go do that stuff. You know, Robbo and I had a trailer fail on us a couple of years ago Schwab, headed to Idaho. Yeah, Les Schwab I mean, did the whole axle on that thing and found you guys. We another smoked the dude. axle because yeah. the bearings went out. Yeah. I mean we. We saw, I saw it happening back there. You see that wall? Oh, yeah. But we, at that point, it's like... What are you going to do? You're already in, Ida- a, you're already in a, Idaho. Find a Schwab, Robbo, yeah. and he finds it. It's like, okay, it's next exit. Get off, and it's right there. And we wheel in there with that wobbly tire, and it was that axle was smoked. They're like, yeah, I don't know. You haul down the road. We grabbed another trailer back on the road. But that, that worked out. We go a little further, yeah. and we're... We're now, out in the middle of nowhere and that happens. Now you just ruined your whole hunt. You did. Yeah, screwed it up. All right, enough of that. Uh, coming up next, a critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station, 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. September Silver streaming in. Following today's Edmonds Coho Derby, the biggest salmon derby on the coast to ever at CohoDerby.com. On the weekend of September 24th out of the Port Everett, it appears that both events are very well-timed. Coho catches around the sound have definitely perked up this week with near-limit action reported south of that marine area 910 line, roughly landmarked by the Edmonds-Kingston ferry lanes. This will be a busy area today, so try to get to the edge of the fleet and keep dropping your gear down as the sun comes up. Red or pink tinge hoochies and small poons will get, will get bit, but small anchovies or herring in hoods will bring the most strikes. The downside debate is the fact you must pay constant attention to your rod tips as the slightest shaker strike will require resetting your gear. In an attempt to protect returning Chinook to the Skagit River system, WDFW announced selective gear rules downstream of Gilligan Creek and closes all fishing upstream of Gilligan Creek to the Cascade River Road. Monitoring data indicates that the Skagit River Coho Sport Fishery used approximately 73% of the allowable Chinook encounters for the entire season, which is scheduled to run through October 31st. Test fisheries show that more than 20% of the salmon moving through the lower river areas are Chinook. The number of Chinook encounters this coho season have already exceeded the total number from the entire 2021 season. Bunch of kings in the crypt, man. That's a bunch of Chinook. Razor Clammers looking at 56 tentative digs this fall. WDFW has finished summer clam surveys in four coastal beaches of a relatively dense population. If it wasn't for the record season last year, then the upcoming season would be one of the best, said Dan Ayers, a WDFW coastal shellfish manager. We still have more than enough clams to offer similar season structure we did last season. The first tentative digs are from September 22nd to 26th. They're, they'll occur during, during morning lows. Then the remainder, including September 27th through 30th, will switch to afternoon or evening low tides. Final approval of marine toxin testing usually takes about a week prior to the start of each digging series. Razor clam digging is an amazing economic driver for small coastal communities who rely on these opportunities during lean tourist times in, in fall and winter. During the 21-22 season, the 3.3 million razor clams harvested over nearly half a million digger trips were worth a record $71.7 million to local economies. That's a chunk. That's awesome. 
Red flag warnings have been issued for almost all of Washington from September 9th through September 11th as low humidity, 90-degree temperatures, and 40-mile-an-hour winds expect to worsen the wildfire conditions in the Pacific Northwest. One of the biggest concerns for the fire officials is a combination of high winds and the seasonal worst types of dry conditions. In addition, smoke from eastern Washington and British Columbia is expected to worsen throughout the weekend, causing air quality to to diminish until a wet weather system arrives early next week. During a red flag warning, extreme caution is urged by all residents because a simple spark can cause a major wildfire, campfires, and all outdoor burning is restricted statewide. 2022 hunting prospects now available. Fall marks the start of hunting season for deer, elk, waterfowl, and upland game birds in many areas of Washington. To help hunters have a successful season, WDFW has released its annual hunting prospects, which provide guidance and hunting information to each district. WDFW district bios write these popular reports to give an in-depth look at what field conditions should look like this year. These prospects have a lot of useful information and can help brand new and experienced hunters plan their season. Recent surveys indicate 2022 should be another great year. To find the Hunting Prospects page, hit www.wa.gov slash hunting. Catching a Dorado or Mai Mai is commonplace from California to Central America, but when a Dorado enters the catch in Iwako, it's big news. Captain Sarah Gagel from Pacific Salmon Charters, who ran the West Wind during the lucky day, termed the Dorado a very, very rare catch. Asked the last time one had been landed by an angler aboard one of the company's boats, she replied, It was before my time, and I've been here since 84. The Dorado was caught by Taylor Veery during a very productive Labor Day trip out of a Waco targeting Albacore. The Washington record 16.27-pounder was caught in August 2013 by Alberto da Silva off a private boat while also targeting tuna. At the time, WDFW's ocean fishing manager, Winter Beagley, said she had never heard of a Dorado landed in the Evergreen State waters. Coolers ahoy. In the early mornings of October 22nd, 2021, during what one meteorologist described as a monster storm, the container ship Zim Kingston was in mortal distress. With a ship listing at a reported 35 degrees, an estimated 110 shipping containers went overboard and the ship was able to make harbor. However, the end of that voyage was merely the beginning of another. Some 10 months later, and 600 miles north of the Zim Kingston spill, Yeti coolers began, began washing up on southeast Alaska shorelines. As soon as Kathy Peavy, who operates charter fishing trips in the town of Craig, Alaska, heard about the cargo spill, she thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to find? What are we going to get? I took my son to a beach, and before you know it, he's got a Yeti cooler under his arm. Peavy said word got around and kicked off a beachcomb and friendsly for the high-priced coolers among friends and neighbors on Prince of Wales Island. A friend of hers found three, and another has found 11 Yeti coolers on the beach. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at lesschwab.com. So so I asked you... Like, a hatch how, of Yeti, Yeti how, coolers, How do man. these things break open? And then, you know, I didn't really think about... 110 of these giant metal containers spilling into the ocean, falling off of the container ship, and just getting blown apart. I mean, you dump 110 of those things into, and let's call it, had to have been 25, 30-foot seas. It right? had to be. And so you throw those, they're just, they're cans, man. That's that's why, you know, our dear friend Larry Stauffer runs these, you know, it, 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 he just, he, they call them cans. Because they're designed to be very carefully loaded on and, and and locked in together and stuff like that, but you tip them over, you drop them, you dump a hundred in the in the ocean at one time, and they're banging against each other and banging against the sides of the sides of the ship, and they pop open. It's like I a, mean, it's just 
It's like a you know like a pinata full of Yeti coolers. So and and we talked about this during the break too. If you think of the movie Perfect Storm, where where they're talking about the effects the storm had Atlantic wide, and at one point in that they show a container ship, you know, dumping a bunch of these. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's pretty realistic. And in fact, that that was actually uh, g- uh, generated from a computer simulation that the shipping industry had to to illustrate the loads and whatnot, and and then. The, the problem there then is, you know, you got a, a, a tremendous lack of stability on that boat because you've loaded it even. Now you dump a hundred of these cans on, man. It's a bad deal. Sketchy. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's coming. You know, we're going to, you know, October, November, the the roughest time of year around here for local waters. It's a good time to be up in the hills and go hunting, right? Yes, it is. And somebody that's already been up in the hills and been hunting is none other than your cousin, Ryan Lampers, who's, you know, the best hunter that most folks have never heard about, right? He's got he's got an amazing following on on social media. I, I, how many how many Instagram followers does he have? Oh, anyway, I don't know. 50, I don't look at his Instagram because it make I'm 50, embarrassed 50, by mine. Fifty thousand um, or something, just ridiculous. And they but, produce some amazing content. Oh, for Him and sure. his buddy, buddy Brian Call, Grady yeah. Grady Films. Uh, they're out there, you know, spring bear hunting and elk hunting and deer hunting, and they're all over the place. They've well, been to New Zealand. You guys uh, go live in the woods. You put a tent on. You put a tent in your pack, and you go up there and you do spend time in the woods. And I mean, it's a lifestyle deal. And and just stay. You're, you're going to want to hear this. So Ryan Lampers already has a bear from Washington and just got a big bull in Montana archery, and it is a great story. We're going to tell it to you next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 Sports, Seattle Sports app, the outdoor line with Joey Pyburn. Matt Nelson running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. And on the phone, you're going to want to go check out StealthyHunter.com. That's the website of our next guest, none other than Ryan Lampers himself. Good morning, Ryan. How are you, man? What's up, buddy? Good. What's going on, guys? Good morning. Well, uh, I, I I wish my freezer looked like yours does already with a with a with a bull and a bear already. And uh, your 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 latest uh, monster elk it uh, kind of was kind of a, something of a surprise. You you weren't even uh, you weren't really planning on hunting your uh, your your adopted new uh, new home state of Montana this whoa, year. Whoa 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 whoa! Before we get to the elk. What, what are you doing coming back here to Washington? <laughs> I, you, I, I thought you were done. Uh, you were like, I'm done. I sneak over there, yeah. Hmm. yeah You're sneaky, dude. <laughs> I don't even think you knew I was coming there, Joe. But I, uh, no, I didn't I, know I, until you were at here. the folks' place and were like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, are you here? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, it's a great start to the season for sure. Um yeah, first first trip was uh, I took advantage of of your guys as Washington's uh, fall bear season. So, got over there in August. That August first opener is uh, boy, it's in just a great time frame and uh, great time to take the kids as well. You know, so I did just that. I I brought my youngest daughter this time on her first big mountain adventure. She's only seven, but uh, we had a great trip. Came over there. She got. Uh, Man, she picked handfuls of berries, huckleberries. Berries were ripe, and we ended up taking a great bear. So that's kind of how the year started off. I, I saw her. I was watching um, a little clip of her saving pollywogs with your spoon and transporting them from this little mud puddle back to the little lake. Uh, she's, she's, just the, she's the 
just a little clown show. She's awesome. Um, just always entertaining herself. She's, she's funny. She's independent. You can just kind of, uh, let her go do her thing. But no, she had a great time on this trip. You know, this is like two weeks away from mom and, and her big sister. So this was kind of a first and she ate it up, man. She, she really loved it. And, and we got to take that bear. Um, you know, we got to eat bear in the teepee that night and just have a great time. But, uh, I was super proud of her. She just did great for, uh, for such a hard hunt. You know, we, we covered some miles, we got in the elevations and, um, we actually, uh, hit our first spot. It didn't quite work out. And then we went and found the berries and, and got a great bear, but now she, she did amazing for a, for a seven-year-old. So you and I were sitting up at the folks place, drinking some coffee, kind of hanging out. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And I'm like, so what do you got coming up? You know, and you, you have a big hunt. You're, you're heading out to Alaska. Um, but I was like, you got any elk hunts planned? You're like, no, I'm not really. I, I'm, you know, killed a bunch of elk last year. I want to focus on some mule deer and, and this Alaska trip's going to kind of suck up the time you would have. And then like, I don't know, four days later, I see you've, you've killed a giant bull. I'm like what? Again, what, what's, what's up, bro? We, I mean, we used to talk every day and now like, uh, yeah, I like to surprise you with these things, Joe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very unexpected. So it's funny. I, uh, like we had talked, I got, a, I got a, it's a first for me going up to Alaska, chasing moose and caribou with a couple of good buddies. So that, that's kind of gobbling up September, you know, September is usually built around elk season, but this year decided to take the trip up there. And, and, um, like we spoke, you know, last year was great on elk for me. So I figured I'd pass on this year and just really focus on this moose and caribou trip. Well, uh, this weekend, uh, getting ready to go into the school year with my daughters and my wife said, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take the girls school clothes shopping tonight. This was Saturday the opener of elk season here in Montana, September 3rd. And uh, she said, I think I'm going to go do something with them tomorrow just before we go back to school. And um, so I had some new gear. And I was like, man, you know, I, I kind of like, I told her I kind of like to go test some of this gear, maybe do an overnighter. And that's how I left it. And, you know, my wife's pretty <laughs> She's smart. smart. She's a know? doctor. She's <laughs> like, I know what you're doing. You're going elk hunting. <laughs> She's seen online, like, isn't today the opener of elk season? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, so you're going elk hunting. I was like, well, you know, if I see one, I'll, I'll go for it maybe. But so yeah, I went elk hunting for two days, um, grabbed two bags of food and, uh, just stomped up the mountain, uh, just a little mountain range close to home here. Uh, gosh, it only took me like 45 minutes to drive there from the house and, uh, put on some miles, put on some elevation, dumped down into this big basin that I've been eyeballing for since I got here, you know, I've been here four years. And, um, and, uh, immediately started seeing elk. I got there just as it was getting dark. I picked up 15 bulls that night, oh, you know, geez. down in the basin below me and across on this ridge. And, and, uh, man, talk about excited. I was, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised that I, I just bombed in here and was, it was going to have elk to play with the following day. So Sunday, uh, which was going to be my last day, like I said, I didn't bring much food. I uh, got up that morning, and wouldn't you know it, it was just windy as all get out. You know, not <clears throat> not the greatest day to be chasing elk. Uh, wind was shifty. It was back and forth. Uh, that comboed with this basin that those bulls were in is one of those wash bowl-type basins. You know, the wind comes up and over the ridge, and it just swirls. You know, elk really love those basins. I feel like it gives them an advantage, and, and they're smart. You know, they, they – uh, 
they're all about survival. So they, they park it in those basins where they have that advantage. Well, so I basically sat back on that ridge that whole day. And I saw that, that the real giant bull um, that I'd seen the night before, just a monster. And I watched a couple of bulls go off in bed and they were in great spots. And then this monster went down, he watered, he had two cows with him. He went back and he parked it on this little bench. And this bench was just perfect. It had all the things you look for, you know, it had the feed, it had water, not too far away. Um, kind of a beetle kill type area, you know, sparse timber. And uh, nothing I could do that entire day. The wind was bad. So the following day, now I'm, you know, rationing my food <laughs> as best I can. And I was telling Joey, Joey this uh, when I talked to him. Um, you know, I happened to grab two bags of food from the bear trip. Now, what I hadn't remembered was, like, the bags of food that I grabbed, some of them were for Tana, my daughter, and some were for me. Well, I happened to grab the one bag that was for Tana, which is like half rations, you know, like half a meal and half a breakfast. And so I didn't have much food, <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> I was just going on empty. And that next day, the weather conditions were perfect. I immediately picked up that bowl in this big, just picture perfect, like postcard basin down below me. And that bowl fed out of there. He moved down and uh, was heading towards his bench. And I just made a play. Uh, went about a mile, I had to go about a mile around to get away from this cliff band and drop down there. That bull made it to his bench, his little bedding area. And, uh, gosh, guys, I did I, last few years. I haven't been doing a whole lot of calling. This one just set itself up to, um, picture perfect for picking a fight. You know, I had this, this bull on this bench. I didn't know exactly where he was. His mistake was he made this one groan, uh, when I, when I was within earshot, you know, I was, I figured between 75 and 125 yards away, somewhere in that range, and I heard him groan. You know, it was just a lazy groan from his bed. And uh, so I got positioned where I could, you know, have the advantage, had a little roll of the hill, so he'd have to get real close if he wanted to take a look at what I was. And uh, kicked a big old beetle kill um, down timber and cracked a bunch of brush and then just hit him with the nastiest challenge bugle I could muster. And... um as soon as I did that, I don't even think I was through the entire bugle. And that bull, you could tell he stood up, and he was on a mission to come kick my butt. You know, he was he was going to come kill me. And he was just bombing in, crashing everything in his path. So I dropped the bugle, you know, got my got my release um, at the ready and saw those tines coming up and over and got the bow pulled back. And that bull must have misjudged where I was. He Usually they'll, they'll come check you out straight on um this bull was going to go right past me and i had made a few steps left and he was going to go right past me well i stopped him and he was you know i figured seven eight nine yards somewhere Jeez. in there very very easy close Holy shot God. what everybody uh, dreams Tyburn, oh man heart in your throat yeah, yeah. could have made this shot oh, so, yeah and then uh <laughs> so i released it sat down couldn't believe what just unfolded it happened so so fast that uh yeah that bull went maybe 50 60 yards and he piled up oh that's awesome right very very unexpected just a great big straight six um monster bull herd bull that entire basin and 
couldn't have been more happy. Well, go check out Stealthy Hunter on Instagram and uh, or Ryan Lampers on Instagram. You're going to see a picture of this bull. Just absolutely amazing. Just dagger points that are that are thick and heavy and high, and just <laughs> yeah, just a bull of a lifetime for uh, for any hunter out there, except for the Stealthy Hunter. Yeah. It's just another bull. So, uh, what do you got on your website? Tell us about the scope and crown covers for us rifle hunters yeah. out there that you, that you have on uh, StealthyHunter.com. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tom. We um yeah, we launched our new site, stealthyhunter.com this year. It's we revamped it, so we got we got our kit stacks on there, we've got our glassing pads, which are a really hot item, and then we've got our um scope and crown covers, rifle cover basically, covers you those vortex optics that you got on your rifle. And um they've been a hot item, man. They've been selling really well. Um and they're they're there to be had. We got four different colors on there and you got choices of a two-piece or a three-piece, but yeah, check them out. I know um, I'll be heading to Alaska, and um, you know the whole idea behind these to keep that uh, keep those optics covered and, and protected, and the crud out of the barrel. Well, and, and, and if you, if you want to watch Ryan on some of his adventures, um, check out Brian Call Gritty Films. They've partnered, and they they do a lot of cool stuff. I was just watching your guys's. Uh, your last year's mule deer hunt, man, it's just some killer content. So go check that out. There's a lot of stuff on there. You can you can get your your fill of stealthy hunter. When do you when do you leave for Alaska, Ryan? I leave tomorrow morning. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we got you. I'm glad we got you in between got hunts. Butter- yeah, I got those butterflies in my gut right now. You know, it's like trying to remember all the little things, and uh, it's exciting and and yeah. all that. But that's a big one, dude. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And one one other thing, you know that. That hunt I did with my daughter, I brought uh, my good buddy Kyam, and he's a he's a great film guy, and we're actually going to put that film together so we can kind of show how that trip went with my daughter. That's going to be on our channel, um, just the Stealthy Hunter channel, and guys will be to see that if they're interested. He's Ryan Lampers. Go check out StealthyHunter.com and follow him on Instagram, too. Ryan, thank you for your time, and, and the best of luck and safety to you yep. up, in, up, in, uh, up in the great white north, buddy. Good luck, man. Yeah. Guys, yeah, thank you. All right, Ryan. Later, brother. Thank you so much, man. All right, coming up next, the hottest we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Rare Rounds and RVs, really? Where? And it's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back from the island of Sinian Delay. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You you gotta tell me. I'm not gonna tell anybody. Hey man, can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time for you to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Pacific Northwest, Roy Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete line of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toy haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more, including the all-new interactive RV shopping tool, How Much Can I Tow Behind My RV? Very in- key piece of safety equipment you need to know. Go check that out and more at Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Well, the, the fish pictures are starting to roll in oh, yeah, from, the, from the 910 line. <laughs> lots of, uh, I'm, I'm getting lots of pics of coolers full of beautiful coho, man. And that's awesome. Yeah, so today's Edmonds event, okay? So that's a gutted and gilled derby. It, so for a fish to be 10 pounds, it's got to be 13, 14 on the hoof. I'd be surprised. But but I bet somebody's up there with a with a cleaned up nine 
Yeah. Yeah, eight or nine pounder. Probably but now you give these fish another couple weeks for the for the Everett Co Derby. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a thirteen, fourteen pounder, I think, is gonna win that event. And 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 you just never know, dude. It, this year the the feed has been so good in the ocean and it kept them out there for a while too that you you, you don't know. Well I and, mean, and the feed has continued to be good in dude, the Puget Sound. All the There's way so in, much food out there. We went through when when we had all that um, the shrimp on the surface like that, and we went through a bait ball that was probably the the biggest densest bait ball I've seen all season. So all the fishing we've done, Tom, that was hundred percent. I mean, that was that incredible. was It was solid herring, and we were just stunned looking at it because you knew that the herring were underneath this this cloud of of, of little little brine shrimp right yeah and so it could have been you know they maybe maybe they were your fozzes maybe the krill but the point of it was they were boiling out of the water to the point it almost looked like sand fleas jumping on the beach yeah it was crazy and, and the water was just glass thousands of seagulls feeding on it and, and the cool thing about it was we saw both diving birds and gulls okay so so your gulls don't dive seagulls do not dive they just pick little pink bait little shrimp off the surface but then we saw Darker birds, which are diving birds, um, you know, auklets, right? Yep. Uh, common mirrors every 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 now and then, and they kind of give you a clue how how deep that bait was. And once we saw those darker birds, that's when we saw the herring. And yeah. the, and like you said, it it probably took us twenty five thirty seconds to get through this, and probably could even be more this this huge school of herring that it, was uh, two hundred feet deep. It looked like. Um a, a bright red softball yeah. on that 12-inch Raymarine screen. It was crazy, right? yeah. Just a massive, and gosh, the, the, our rods and downriggers were just vibrating. And we were we were too shocked to grab our bait our bait well, jig I, and actually I, jig some of them. You, yeah. you started reaching for it, but we hadn't used it in a while. Yeah, so, so it, it kind of tucked away. vibrated down back behind the table and stuff like that. But but that's that's the cool and inspiring thing about Puget Sound is the, the bay is in great shape right mm-hmm. now. You know, it, it it was a hot summer, but it wasn't. You know, we had a really really cool spring, and there's still whales in the sound. And, all the smolt that are out there, all yeah. these shakers that yep. are out there, are yep. encountering tons of feed. So that's that's perfect. They're going to get really good feed here, and then as they move out into the straits, and then the off the coast, and there's just food everywhere. So yeah, it's, the salmon deal is looking pretty good right now for sure. And and you know, no early snows are really anticipated because that you know we're hoping for really good spawning conditions coming up. We're going to get a rain this week, which is going to scour things out. But you know, heads up, we 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 are under a red flag warning through the weekend, okay. And, and, and burn bands and everything else. The woods are absolutely tender dry. And you elk hunters that are out there, man, be super careful up in the woods right now because it wouldn't take much to get you know get things rolling up there big time. And right now, if you log on to ncweb.com, like we talked at the top, top of the show, there's 15 active fires across the state of Washington. So a lot of the smoke is going gonna, is gonna to pour on into to Puget Sound. It's supposed to thicken throughout the weekend and, and you know hopefully be gone um, you know, middle of next week, but until it does, you know, we we got to kind of be careful in and around the sound because everything is at its seasonal tender dry, man. And it's it'll be short, you know. It will they, be. We, yeah, a little window. We we've kind of got into this. Some, you know, we're into September now, and we've kind of got by without a bunch of fires. And, right. You know, nothing really huge here in Washington. So it. We're at that point now where just a few rains and some cool temperatures, and this will all kind of settle in, and we'll, we'll, we'll be fine for and, fall. And pretty interesting that this is, you know, this little part of September you have right now is, is where the coho are stacking up, right, in mm-hmm. Puget Sound, and, and right before the first rains of fall, and then when they 
when the when those fall rains hit, you know, you're going to get a rush of coho in in our local rivers where indeed there are uh, there are fish already. I mean, catches in the Skagit River have been really really solid. We hear that they're jumping in the Snohomish and the seasons down in the Puyallup and 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 Nisqually are you know starting to get fish too. So re- really really interesting cool time of year. And again, you know, get definitely. But I don't know how you can listen to that segment we just got done with your cousin Ryan Lampers and not get fired up about hunting season, dude. Yeah. It's time. Time yeah. to go hit the rifle range. Time to time to get that shotgun taken out and watch the dog get all fired up when you pull it out, man. Definitely, definitely time to get in the woods. So we're gonna go on Monday. We're gonna we're gonna go uh go try to find a find a go on Monday somewhere. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I'd love to. All right, yep. I'll, I'll go I'll go fuel up the boat today. We'll get it ready for sure. So all right. a little football today, a little football tomorrow, and then fishing on Monday. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well we have we have this sturgeon opener on the lower Columbia that it's today, the fourteenth and the seventeenth. So I've been having to run my commercial boat <laughs> to get a pump enough shrimp into southwest Washington for those guys. It's incredible how much bait they go through for those yep. openers. But yep. next Saturday we'll be coming to you live and on location from uh the, the day of honor in the Port of Everett. Uh, Salmon for Soldiers. Rob Ensley may make his return. He's up in a Hilleberg tent waiting out a, a blizzard They're somewhere. They're in a blizzard right in, now in, in Alaska. In, in caribou country yeah. somewhere. So hopefully it's going to quit snowing on him. He can go get a critter and uh, and get back to us. But uh, Ensley should be back. So you missed any show, jump on MyNorthwest.com. Hit TheOutdoorLine.com. Give us a follow on social media at Joey Pyburn, at Rob Ensley, at the Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. For Matt Nelson, behind the glass, for Joey Pyburn, I'm Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah.